you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly with 24-7 Sports, formerly of Scout, and just about every Cleveland sports blog. We're going to talk about Akron's playoff game. We're going to talk about the Indians' win today. We're going to dive into some fun statistics about this win as well and talk about there was a bunch of minor moves that occurred, uh, specifically about setting up that Akron team. And I think there's good information in that, uh, just in terms of like who did they want to see in the playoff push who do they want to get experience in a playoff climate you might be like it's just double a is it that important they value it like there's no way around it like talking to people in the past cleveland values minor league performance they value the postseason experience they value putting players in there so they're going to intentionally promote players that they would like to see uh, get that experience and Yeah, I think you just want to keep looking at who they're putting in that situation, who they want in that situation, because I think that reflects on who they value. Uh, We know that it's not the same as everyone else. Uh, You know, I had Daniel Johnson as like a top five prospect in system. You go back to two years ago where, well, 2019, yeah, so two years ago, when he just destroyed the ball in double-A, he played very well in triple-A. Even people who are not high on him as a prospect we're talking about this guy is at least a solid platoon bat with plus uh, skills and tools. The Indians never seem to buy in. Uh, we'll see if he's even with this team come this offseason. But th- this, who they want there for the postseason matters, and it gives us good information. But first, let's talk about the win today. And that result after the two blown doubleheaders was a win. I, I talked on the show that this was a game I felt comfortable with. Uh, if you listen to my bet online ad read, I said, I think this is a good game to bet the under. Uh, at some point, I'll actually listen to myself <laughs> in these situations. Uh, I said to take uh, Quantrell and to take the under. If I'd done both, hey, I would be sitting on a nice pile of money because he beat uh, both those. He, the under was nine, and that's five total runs, and the one and a half runs. Yeah, I, I'm not. I gotta listen to myself. <laughs> I'm taking away from all this. Uh, so the Indian Kansas City had n- nine hits. The Indians only had five hits. Uh, Kansas City had two walks. The Indians had three. So the Indians had eight opportunities. Uh, they also had a hit by pitch. That gives them nine opportunities. Kansas City had nine hits. Cleveland had nine opportunities. Somehow the Indians got four runs. Kansas City had nine plus two, 11 opportunities. And it's not like... Um, you know, sometimes we say when there's a lot of opportunities, it's all due to home runs. I mean, yes, Ernie Clement did hit a home run in the second inning for the Indians, uh, a solo shot. And then, I mean, that was it for them. They got that uh, home run in the second. The first inning is they got the bases loaded. And then Yu Chen Chang hits his uh, triple and clears them. And then that's kind of all they wrote for the majority of this game. If you go through because it went walk, walk, single, triple. So that's, uh, and then you talk about in the second inning, or I talked about in the second inning with the home run. So that is three of their five hits in those first two innings, uh, which as, you know, amongst looking at their walk total, that's 
two of their three walks. So, uh, yeah, I mean, after that, they kind of went silent, but they didn't need to do more. The Paul Quantrell went six and two-thirds innings, allowing one run, a home run, on the seven hits, two walks, six strikeouts. Blake Parker came in and pitched a third of an inning, gave up a hit. Uh, Brian Shaw pitched one inning, clean, nothing of any kind occurred. Manuel Classe got his 24th save of the year. He gave up one hit and struck out two. Players of the game in this one, well, Quantrell and who reached base twice, uh, Jose Ramirez and Ernie Clement had two hits. So I'm going to give it, even though Chang had the triple, I'm going to give it to Jose for the hit and the walk. Uh, And then Clement, who had two hits, one of them being a home run. You get down to it, we said they had, what, five? Well, you know, Chang did get hit, so he reached base twice. We're going to give it to Chang. I'm, I'm reversing it. Uh, Chang did reach base twice. Uh, so Chang, Jose Ramirez, Ernie Clement reached base twice, which, again, is kind of amazing in a game where they had uh, nine opportunities that three players reached base twice. Those three players are six of those nine chances. Six of their nine on-base opportunities came from three guys. So it's going to go to Chang, who had the bases clearing triple and got hit by a pitch. You, uh, Ernie Clement, who had a third home run of the year for him and had a, a single as well. And then Quantrell for his fantastic start. Uh, let's let's go into the game notes I got. How about this? That That's his ninth straight quality start at home, and that is the longest stretch by a Tribe starter since Charles Nagy had 11 such quality starts at home from September 18th, 1991 till July 3rd, 1992. Uh, I was 10 during that entire stretch. Yes. <laughs> it was a while ago. Since the All-Star break, he leads all AL starters and trails only Max Scherzer uh, in terms of ERA. Uh, he has allowed one or fewer runs in 10 of his 13 starts since the All-Star break. Among AL pitchers with at least 140 innings of work, uh, his 283 ERA uh, is third best behind Robbie Ray. What a turnabout for Robbie Ray this year. And Lance Lynn, what a great contract the White Sox got when they re-signed Lance Lynn. Uh, he has not suffered a home loss since September 27th of 2019 versus Arizona as a member of San Diego. That's right. You have to go back to when he was in San Diego for the last time he lost at home. Uh, so since then, he has gone 6-0 and with a 2.09 ERA over 30 games, 16 starts uh, since he last had a loss at home and has recorded 15 consecutive starts of five or more innings, surpassing Aaron Savale for the longest streak by a tribe pitcher this season. Uh, and during that stretch, by the way, his ERA has been 0.86. Uh, Emmanuel Classe, who got the save, also some great numbers here. So Bet Online put out their official line for Rookie of the Year, and I don't know why I made quotation marks. It's not like any of you can see that. Uh, I, I kind of went through and was like, what? Uh, Bet Online, just because... Their uh, official ones for American League Rookie of the Year, Randy Arizarena. Yeah, like he should win it. He, he's one slash two. Adolis Garcia, 11 slash four. He hasn't even been good in a while. So that's, I, I mean, I would not put that. Ryan Mooncastle, 11 slash two. Uh, he's been okay. Wander Franco, 10 slash one. And Luis Garcia, 12 dash one. No Emmanuel Classe, even though he has the third best war amongst all rookies. And then some additional stats just to kind of nail that home. Uh, that was his 13th straight uh, save 
Uh, that's second among AL reliever. He, or I'm sorry, he is second among all American League relievers with a 138 ERA. That's right, second amongst all American League relievers. Leads rookie relievers in ERA and saves, second in games pitched among rookie relievers. So not only does he have the best ERA and the most saves, but he's the second most games, the third most innings, sixth most strikeouts. And since the All-Star break, his ERA of .93 is second among all AL relievers. If you're curious about how does he just rank against relievers in general, he's tied for the seventh best war this year, F-War amongst um, relief pitchers. Seventh best amongst relief pitchers, tied of Scott Barlow in Kansas City, who's higher, Giovanni Gallegos, Gallegos, Liam Hendricks, Craig Kimbrell, Ryan Presley, Jonathan Loisiga, and Josh Hader. Uh, So, and Hader and Loisiga are at 2.3, Class A is at 2.0. So it's not like it's a huge gap either. What a year by him. Uh, How about, yeah, I had to laugh. Ryan Tapera, who got the accidental uh, all-star game vote and then got released last year, 13th best. It's an interesting look. Like Paul Seawald, who is with Seattle, which is kind of perfect, at 14th. I really hadn't even looked at him that much this year. Um, I know there's people out there being like, how did you miss him? Because I'm not looking at Seattle. Got to be perfect last. There's only so much time in the day. Former Indian Cole Solser, who he went... Gosh, what trade was that with the... Was he part... I think he might have been part of the Luplo deal where they also traded uh, Tajne Thomas. Oof, that hurts. And uh, or no, he, because did he go to, no, he went to the Rays. I got to find Cole Solcer. You know, he was a, what, like a Princeton player. And it's been a long, strange trip, but he's 20th amongst uh, all relievers, all relievers in baseball this year in terms of war. 56 games, 59 innings. Uh, yeah, he'd be really nice back in the pen this year for sure and if you're like well is it sustainable he's got a FIP of 309 uh he always had good production numbers in the minors uh let's see so he was part of the three-team trade I'm sorry he went to Tampa in with Yandy Diaz for Jake Bowers so just to you know one part of that deal was Edwin Encarnacion basically for Carlos Santana uh but they traded Edwin Encarnacion and a draft pick for Carlos Santana and then the other part was Cole Solster and Yandy Diaz for Jake Bowers. Solster, 20th, I, I mean, 20th best ERA, uh, not ERA, war of all relievers in baseball. And it's not like Tampa. You know, Tampa saw something there they liked with him. But then they placed him on waivers, and Baltimore claimed him, and he's been great. Dartmouth, I knew he was an Ivy League guy. Dartmouth is the college he went to. Good on Cole. I got to see him pitch a lot of times in Akron. It was a funky delivery. I was never like, I knew they liked him. I knew there was a degree of like, there was something there, but like you never looked at him and thought this guy is going to be a great major leaguer, but Hey, credit to him, credit to his overall performance. So I, I know we started out talking about the game. Uh, the Indians won. They beat the Royals as expected in this one. They move up to 74 and 76, remain second in the American league central. Quantrill is your winner. Class A gets the save. Loss goes to Lynch, who the thing with Lynch was you get past those first two innings. He's actually really good in that game in general. Uh, after that time, I mean, we talked about almost everything that happened, happened right away. And the Indians were able to, uh, to pick up a win. Uh, I'm more excited about Quantrell's pitching performance, uh, honestly, than anything else in this one. That's just how this game stands out to me in particular. I am looking at those individual performances. What about uh, the listeners out there? Agree, disagree, let me know. But let's take a quick commercial break. Come back and talk about Akron's playoff roster 
and playoff game. So let's take a moment and talk about the Spotify green room. Uh, used to be a locker room. It's still coded that way when I have to go enter my timestamps on such things. But either way, it is a fun little app that is the evolution of the chat room. When you hop in with me, typically Saturday nights, uh, more late in the evening, I'll be honest, we never know who's going to hop in. Often uh, it's me and the Matt Thinker chatting. Uh, I've had other fans jump in. I've had people connected to baseball. It's just a fun opportunity, a chance to sit down. And like I said, it's the evolution. Instead of typing, uh, now you get to physically chat with people. We can get hand over the room. It can just turn into a chill and talk uh, session. So go check out the Green Room app for yourself and take advantage of the chance to join me before the season ends in there as we talk about baseball uh the indians and we get into the nitty-gritty of it all uh this is a chance to go deep and like i said it's a lot of fun it's just a way to very chill talk about what is going on in what has been a little bit of a lost season but let's be honest go check out the green room app today join it have a chance to chat with me so i've already given bet online a lot of time in this show talked about their rookie of the year uh numbers where you know Emmanuel Classe isn't even in their top five uh after that we are going to you know we talked about how I again gave a great amount of betting information and then didn't follow through on any of it myself so uh I I'm sitting here giving you a gold for betonline.ag and if you had used the promo code NFL100 you'd have gotten 100 percent back on your deposit so let's say I had done that if I had gone and put my money where my mouth was uh I'd be several hundred dollars richer right richer right now. Uh, you know, I'm I'm handed out gold. And if you were over at betonline.ag using that promo code NFL100, you'd be making gold off of my knowledge. I, I don't give a lot of those locks, but when I kind of go out of my way to point something out like, oh, oh, this shouldn't be the case. Uh, I I've been right like tomorrow. I'm not feeling as confident about this. But I kind of like Cesar Hernandez, or Carlos Hernandez. Uh, Cesar Hernandez was the former Indian second baseman. I like Carlos Hernandez. with I think him, I think he's the better pitcher. Logan Allen's really struggled. I could be wrong. This is not one of those locks. This is not one where I'm like, yes, take that. Uh, this is one I'm a little bit shakier on, but I, I like it when I prefer the pitching matchup and they're the one getting the run and a half. Uh, I, I'd be leaning that way. We'll see if I end up being right or wrong. But uh, remember, when you go to betonline.ag, use that promo code NFL100 right now and get 100% match on your first deposit. So how should we handle this? Let's discuss the roster moves the Indians made before we get into the individual uh, game itself. So let's hop over to the Tribe Insider account and talk about what they did, what they moved around to get this team set up. Because again, the Indians have a, I can say this as someone who followed them the year that Akron won the championship, was with, with the team that year, was in the press box, got to watch them celebrate in the locker room. It was kind of cool to be a part of it in its own little way. Uh, so I know that they value getting that experience, being part of a postseason run. So they intentionally moved players around. Uh, they made Skylar Arias inactive. They placed Kyle Marmon on the injured list. And to do that, uh, they made Cl- Clody Scalamaro inactive. Why did they make three, two players inactive and place one guy on the injured list? Because they wanted three players in particular to get experience. Now, this lets us know that all three of these guys are priority prospects to a varying level of degree. They're certainly higher rated prospects than the players that were inactive or placed on the injured list. Uh, and, you know, it, I'm trying to see. I, I don't... Curious why, you know, the timing of the injured list, but we won't get into that. Uh, 
So the three players of note are Tim Heron. We're going to spend some time on him. Jose Tenya, who we've talked about a lot on the show. I don't think we need to spend any more time on him. And Micah Prias. Prias? Ooh, I should I should be looking, know his name. Uh, who was an outfielder who was a day two pick in, was it 2019, I want to say? Day three pick. Early day three pick who put up some ridiculous numbers at his JUCO. Uh, we're going to talk, like I said, we've talked about uh, Tenya a lot. So let's take some time and talk about why Micah Pryors and Tim Heron are some names to know. So let's just start with Micah Pryors, outfielder slash first baseman, six foot four, one ninety. A is an outfielder primarily. Uh, we know the Indians' trouble with production when it comes to uh, outfield talent. He went to Loma Nazarene University in San Diego, Point Loma Nazarene uh, University in San Diego, as a JUCO. Uh, he went there for three years. Now, it's a little unusual. You typically see a guy move on, but he was a day one starter. First two years, not a whole lot. Uh, I'm sorry. First year was okay. Second year was great. Uh, second year is, is a standout, 386 batting, 435 on base, 660 slugging, 1.095 OPS. Yeah, first I saw the 660 slugging. I thought that was the OPS. Then I realized wrong category. Next year, the average is down to 318, but the on-base is still at 396. 656 slugging, so the slugging stays high. 11 and 18 home runs. And then once he was drafted, he didn't get a chance to play. You know, he was a, a player who they, again, was a day three pick, 13th round. It's a priority round for the Indians. Those first five rounds in day three are high priority rounds for the Indians uh, traditionally. And I believe he got the full bonus that you could get um, in that round in as a day three pick. And so this year, they had him start out in uh, Lynchburg, and he played well. I mean, he played very well. Most of the year, though, was spent in Lake County, and he was more about an average bat. Uh, he did have some time in ACL, in ACL in the Arizona Coast League, essentially with the Arizona Indians, too. So he's, by getting the promotion to double A for the playoffs, A, again, it shows they prioritize him. They think he's a legitimate prospect, and they want him to get reps. Uh, he might start next year in Double A. That's the other thing it shows me. But that also is f- uh, four different levels he played at this year. For a guy who, when he was drafted in 2019, you know he did not play at all. Uh, he did have a little bit in college uh, with the that 2019 class. You know they scouted the uh, Cape Cod League so heavily, and he did play in that barely. So I don't think you can give too much credit to that. So 2019 is the great year uh, at the JUCO. Doesn't play in the minors. 2020, obviously, everything's lost for a lot of guys, and he wasn't one of those alternate site guys because it was a limited number. Uh, and over three levels this year, I mean, uh, 296 average, 371 on base, 522 slugging, 892 OPS, 13 doubles, 12 home runs. Uh, I believe he's got a a brother that also plays baseball. Is he maybe a twin I should go, because that's the thing, back in the day, I wonder if I can find his uh, Indians Baseball Insider, because uh, I wrote him up. 2019 was like the last year I wrote up profiles, uh, so if I could find that, I can, you know, remember what I wrote, and I can't find it right now, so uh, the one thing I did find in my quick look, he's another one of the Jay Sarah kids. We know they love that program. That is a program that the Indians draft a lot of kids who start, you know, go to college. They come from that Jay Sarah program. They spend a lot of time scouting that program. And, you know, to give my friends over at Indians Baseball Insider a shout out, they had him at 42nd on their midseason list. That is one spot ahead of Alex Call, 
just two spots behind Oscar Gonzalez. So, and what four spots behind Daniel Johnson. So he's he's got some fans, big kid, some power, some speed, some tools, elite high school level that he played at, and I, they liked him enough to add him to their roster. So let's talk. I think you know Tenya again, biggest name of these three. It's not even up for debate. I'm more excited or maybe more interested in Heron than I am in uh, in uh, Pyers, and that's not a knock on him. I don't want anyone to think like I'm I'm crapping on him at all. More, I'm just really intrigued by Heron. He is a six foot five lefty, which I mean, it starts right there, right? Like that's, that he's a six foot five tall left-handed pitcher who was a 28th round draft pick back in 2019 as well. I want to say from Indiana. Let me just double check that. Yep, was drafted from in 2018. I'm sorry, not 2019. He was a 2018 draft pick from Indiana. He did get to pitch in the minors in 2018 uh, and 2019. And those numbers were okay. So he is a little bit older. He is uh, 24 years of age at this point in time. Uh, but again, a six foot five lefty over the course of this year, Pitching almost pitching entirely in high A gets the promotion to double A. Uh, 2.57 ERA, 3.38 FIP, K per nine, 10.38, walk per nine, 391, uh, home run per nine, 0.37. His bat pip is over 300. Left on base, 71, so a high strand rate. His ground ball rate is 52. Uh, home run to fly ball is very low at 5%. So he he's more of a ground ball lefty. And, you know, he just literally has no Fangraphs articles on him. He's not going to be a guy who generates, like, a lot of talk and, and necessarily someone who's going to stand out uh, in terms of his stuff. I mean, his height is certainly going to help him stand out. But even when you, like, do a uh, Twitter search on his name, a lot of it is about a coach named Tim Heron and uh, the like or something about uh, politics. You know, Heron's a guy, though, I when I do do the Twitter search and go through, Last year, he was out pitching at, uh, you can find video by PRP Baseball. You know, they're using the Rapsado and everything else. He was still out there uh, evolving as a pitcher. And for a team that we've talked about, there's a lack of relief options. You know, that there's not a ton of relief options for this team going forward that you feel super comfortable about, or at least that I don't feel super comfortable about. Uh, he... Is another interesting one. You know, he is a big lefty who had production, continues to improve, and has done enough to catch the Indians' eye to uh, to put him on this postseason roster. Um, they could have just left Skyler Reyes on there, and he could have been the lefty. Instead, they went out of their way and uh, promoted Tim Heron. And again, he. He did what he needed to this year. His size was always going to make him interesting. But a 28th round pick who's put himself into double A, who's putting himself into the future bullpen uh, discussion for the Indians. Uh, he was a mostly a starter's final year in Indiana. And here's where it kind of gets a little bit interesting if you're like, well, what's changed? This is a guy through his, minor, or his career at Indiana, his strikeouts per nine, 9.0, 6.5, 5.5. He did not miss bats. His walk rate was 6, 7, and 3.2. Uh, this year, 10.4 strikeout rate. He's missing more bats. He's walking less guys. And that's going from college, the Big Ten, which is not the strongest baseball conference, to high A. Now, he is old for the level. 
if we're being fair, but he clearly put in the time, the effort, and is trying to make himself a future major leaguer. So keep your eye on Tim Heron, kind of a sleeper when it comes to the Cleveland Indians. Let's take a quick commercial break, come back and talk about uh, the playoff game today. So our first sponsor is Built Bar. I just got some cookie dough in the mail today. Uh, I didn't order it. It's one of the upsides of the show. Yes, I occasionally get like six free bars. It's not enough to hold me over, though. I'm always buying with Built Bar. Last night, as I, after I got done recording, I had uh, two bars. It's just kind of a take off the edge off my hunger and know that I'm eating something healthy for me. Gets an A rating from my health food app. Gets an A rating from my tummy. Uh, BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On. Nope. Use the promo code Locked15. And you're going to get 15% off. That is what I use. I said there's just always something good. Right now, they're having a deep sale on their orange and strawberry. I prefer the orange to the strawberry. Cookie Dough Chunk is back. It is their most popular favor. I think it's good. It is not my favorite. I'm sorry, strawberry sold out. All you can get is the orange on the deep sale. I like Cookie Dough. I kind of prefer a few others, but it is their most popular one. Topped with chunks of Cookie Dough in there. So if that is for you, go check that out today over at BuiltBar.com. Remember to use the promo code LOCKED15. Does this sound familiar to you? You got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. And you've got your neighbor's best friends. Log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the inter- entertainment you love without the hassle. And a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device is required. Content varies by package. So the Rubber Ducks began the postseason against the Bowie Bay Sox, uh, which I believe is Baltimore's, right? Uh, affiliate. Yes, Jordan Westberg, uh, Nolan Fantana, Brian Doshbach. Man, I liked him for a time. Uh, I'll stop talking about the uh, the Orioles guy, Andrew Doshbach. Uh, not uh, you know, I, apparently I don't even know who I'm talking about. The 11th rounder out of uh, Stanford. That's right. But let's get into this. Why am I talking about this game? It's a playoff game. We already discussed the importance of it. Jose Fermin had two errors. That's the the one negative I'm going to put out there because my goodness, Peyton Batenfield, seven innings, one earned run. He gave up a home run. That was it. Didn't walk anyone. Struck out 10. Seven innings, 10 strikeouts, allowed one hit. It was a home run to Jordan Westberg, the former first round pick. I'll say it one more time. What a performance. Playoff game, seven innings, 10 strikeouts, one hit. Uh, Nick Miklojak, who I've talked about many times, is the top reliever in system, comes in, two inning. It's not a save because they win this game five to one, but he comes out for two innings to close it up. Two innings, one walk, one strikeout. Doesn't allow a hit. So there was a total of one walk and one hit for Baltimore in this entire game. Uh, I mean, that bullpen, you got... Batenfield, again, you don't want to compare anyone to Corey Kluber, but in terms of relative prospect rankings, and can take that and you compare it to performance and production, there's a ground for comparison when they were at that same point in time. Now, if I thought it was Corey Kluber, he'd be the number one prospect in system. I don't think he's going to be Corey Kluber, but I'm saying when we miss on players, it's players like Peyton Batenfield where the we. 
we're not necessarily valuing pitch mix sometimes or they you know refinement or a guy who's at the cusp of becoming more he's an interesting player from that uh so where did the offense come from how about my dude uh brian levestita starting catcher for them bo naylor dhing and again that speaks volumes right this is a playoff game they want their best defender behind the uh behind the plate you got two guys here. You want your best defender behind the plate. Bo Naylor is a you know a premium prospect still. They want him in the game. They want him getting that experience. This is something the Indians value. La Vistita, they put clean up, and they put him a catcher because he can handle the staff better. He's good at framing. The arm may not be elite, but he does all the little things there. And he went yard. Uh, had a home run in this one. Uh, also had a walk. Uh, Jose Fermin, who had the two errors, also had three hits. He's been on fire for them, uh, and he's playing third base. Uh, Brian Rocoyo had two hits, or Rocchio, I should say, had two hits while playing shortstop and hitting second. Will Brennan, the day two pick in, gosh, we see 2020? Uh, he was leadoff, didn't do anything in this one, but he has had a great year, put himself really on the map. Where's George Valera? Well, he hit fifth, and he had two hits in this one. Then you had Naylor at six, Jose Tenya is seven. Uh, Jonathan Engelman, right? Maybe the former Michigan player, I want to say. The athlete who has never quite got it going. He's a, a big, very athletic kid, a 31st round draft pick, but uh, he's been more of a utility type. He did have a home run in this one. And then Micah Pryors, who we talked about earlier, was the uh, the left fielder and batted ninth in this one. He, uh, he got bean, but... Just looking at the prospects, you know, Levistita, a home run and a walk. Valera, two hits. Rocchio, two hits. Batonfield with that start. Miklojack with that relief. It's worth, again, the Indians, I'll say it for the thousandth time, I'm sorry, they value playoff experience for players. They're putting their best foot forward. They, these are the guys they want to get that experience, and they're going out and performing. So I wanted to talk about it. I wanted to talk about just, A, that start. And then you know, what we see, what we can learn, and what we can take away in terms of the valuations on these guys. La Vistita, I'm t- I mean, he is going to be added to the 40-man. There is no doubt in my mind now. Uh, you add him for sure because a backup catcher who could also maybe play uh, some infield and some outfit, like he's a big athlete. He could play nine, you know, well, let's not say nine spots. Let's not be crazy. But like I think I've seen him listed at places as like a catcher slash second baseman. Uh, he is a guy who could maybe play like seven spots on the diamond. That's easy to sash if you're a crap team. Uh, you know, he's right up there. It's like Lavastia, Valera, Freeman, uh, Morris. Like those are the names you know for sure. Like those are the easy ones. Uh, he's making a name for himself, and he's going to be on the forty man, and he's going to be a catching option for this team at some point next year. So, yeah, I'm just going to give myself that little pat on the back because, again, you go back and you listen to this podcast. I'm wrong. Uh, I talked about being willing to trade uh, Jason Kipnis because, I mean, Cord Phelps was almost a comparable prospect. I can I can pull those out. I can be honest when I miss things. But what makes me very happy right now in terms of this year is 
the sleeper guys, the helium candidates, the ones that I'm going out and pointing out, the guys like the Cody Morris, the guys like Brian Lampestida. Back in 2019, I was telling you, go check check out these guys. Now, Raymond Burgos was another one. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. Uh, And sometimes, like I said, I'm completely wrong, and that happens as well. But, I mean, go back and listen to this offseason. What did I tell you? Everyone I talked to, everyone I had on the podcast, everyone I discussed with, what was the prospect that they wanted to talk about? It was Logan Allen, the younger. And Logan Allen, the younger, is the highest-rated player on every single prospect list from that draft class right now. Even though he's the third-player token taken, he was the highest-rated player in that class for me from the minute they drafted him. He was the highest-rated player on my board, and now he's the highest-rated player in that class almost universally. So I, I feel like I'm doing pretty well. Let me know. Do you think I am on on these prospects? Am I giving you more good than bad? Uh, am I hitting at a higher percentage, you think, than others? Uh, I'm starting to get a little cocky. I'm not going to lie. I feel like I have had a really good run of late with uh, prospect evaluation. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a nice thing to uh, to get to do. I have been Jeff Ellis. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft for more prospect information. Uh, on top of that, uh, remember to rate and review, download daily. We almost cracked the top 100. Come on, people. We can get there. I know we can. Uh, for the next year, go Tribe. After that, go, go, Guardians, go.